Good morning or good afternoon all and welcome to the monday.com fourth quarter fiscal year 2022 earnings conference call. My name is Adam and I'll be your operator today. If you'd like to ask a question during the Q&A portion of today's call, you may do so by pressing star followed by one on your telephone keypad. I will now hand the floor over to Byron Stephen to begin. So Byron, please go ahead when you are ready. Hello everyone, and thank you for joining us on today's conference call to discuss the financial results for monday.com's fourth quarter and fiscal year 2022. Joining me today are Roy Mann and Aaron Zimman, co-CEOs of Monday.com, and Aleron Glazer, Monday.com CFO. We released our results for the fourth quarter and fiscal year 2022 earlier today. You can find our quarterly shareholder letter along with our investor presentation and a replay of today's webcast under the news and events section of our IR website at ir.monday.com. Certain statements made on the call today will be forward-looking statements, which reflect management's best judgment based on the currently available information. These statements involve risk and uncertainties that may cause actual results to differ from our expectations. Please refer to our earnings release for more information on the specific factors that could cause actual results to differ materially from our forward-looking statements. Additionally, non-GAAP financial measures will be discussed on the call. Reconciliations to the most directly comparable GAAP financial measures are available in the earnings release and on the investor presentation for today's call, which are posted on our Investor Relations website. Now, let me turn the call over to Roy. Thanks, Byron, and thank you everyone for joining us today. Fiscal year 2022 was a year of significant accomplishments at Monday.com. We finished the year more energized than ever with strong financial results, improved efficiency, and continued product innovation. We put this progress on display at our Elevate 2022 World Tour, where we had the opportunity to meet with customers and partners in person. We also announced plans to launch MondayDB, which will upgrade our infrastructure, drive faster board performance, and provide even more flexibility. MondayDB will enhance the way WorkOS Engine run and store data, ensure that our platform is schemaless, completely flexible, and built for infinite scale supporting 100 times larger boards. Q4 capped off an amazing year with strong revenue growth and free cash flow expansion. We finished the quarter with 150 million in revenue, 30 million in free cash flow, and achieved positive adjusted operating profits for the first time. New customer demand trends also continue to be strong. In FY 2022, we added 34,000 net new customers to Monday.com family. Our fastest growing customer segments remain the enterprise, where we grew customers by 86% to 1,474 customers. While we are seeing healthy new customer demand, we continue to see competitors significantly reduce their performance marketing efforts. As a result, we have been able to build market share and improve overall customer acquisition efficiency. Our results demonstrate that Monday.com continues to drive growth and profitability at scale. Since inception, the company has now generated more than $5 in ARR for every $1 in cash burned. Regardless of macro uncertainties, we believe we are well positioned for the road ahead. Let me now turn it over to Iran to walk you through some of our business highlights for the year. Thank you, Roy. Fiscal year 2022 was another year of phenomenal growth at Monday.com, both financially and business-wise. We ended the year with $519 million in revenue, up 68% year-over-year. 
improved overall efficiency, and achieved positive free cash flow for the second year in a row. Fiscal year 2022 was also a transformational year for our product. We've received incredible feedback on our new WorkOS product suite, particularly on Monday sales CRM. As a reminder, CRM has only been made available to new customers, and we finished 2022 with 2,458 new Monday sales CRM accounts. The fast adoption and strong customer feedback of Monday sales CRM has been amazing. Customers tell us they love Monday sales CRM as it's more customizable and easier to use than any traditional CRM tools. As we begin to slowly roll out Monday sales CRM to our existing customers, we remain focused on adding more powerful features and functionality to make it the best CRM in the industry. As Rory mentioned, our strong growth continues to be led by enterprise customers. This quarter, we are particularly excited to announce that one of the world's leading banks recently adopted Money.com with a goal to move away from multiple work management and legacy communication tools. Money.com proved to be the best fit for the company. To date, over 1,000 users across multiple teams have adopted Money.com, and we are seeing the power of our WorkOS in enabling collaboration and efficiency. We also made significant progress in expanding our marketplace. In fiscal year 2022, we increased the number of marketplace apps to 217, including 61 monetized apps. As we look to accelerate efforts in building out the marketplace, we are excited to announce a new partnership with Upfire, the world's largest enterprise collaboration app provider, with a track record of creating easy-to-use, powerful, and reliable apps for the world's most reputable tech companies. Upfire will allow us to build on our strong foundation and take our marketplace to the next level. With that, let me now turn it back over to Roy. Thank you, Iran. As we turn our attention to the next fiscal year, we are highly confident in meeting our goals, and there's a lot we plan to accomplish. In FY23, we will be focused on remaining the market leader in work management space. To accomplish this, we will continue to give our users exceptional customer experience with easy-to-use and intuitive products. We plan to enhance our upmarket efforts through building and scaling our platform and product suite and expanding existing channels that will allow us to build market share. We expect to accomplish all this while being committed to improving efficiency and delivering positive free cash flow for the third straight year. In closing, Iran and I want to thank the entire Monday.com team for your amazing work in making 2022 our most successful year yet. Now, it's full steam ahead into an exciting 2023. With that, I'll now turn it over to Eliran to cover our financials and guidance. Thank you, Roy, and thank you to everyone for joining our call. Today, I'll review our fourth quarter and full year 2022 results in detail and provide initial fiscal year 2023 guidance. We finished fiscal year 2022 exceptionally strong. Total revenue in Q4 2022 came in at 149.9 million, up 57% from the year ago quarter, and at 519 million in fiscal year 2022, up 68% from the prior year. Excluding the impact of foreign exchange, revenue grew 60% year over year in Q4 2022, and 71% year over year in fiscal year 2022. Our overall net dollar retention rate remained steady in Q4 2022, reflecting our focus 
on the organizations with the highest expansion potential and continued resilience through a more challenging macroeconomy environment. We experienced a decline in net dollar retention for our largest customers, reflecting slower seat expansion in the up market. As a reminder, our net dollar retention is a trailing fourth quarter weighted average calculation. For the reminder of the financial metrics disclosed, unless otherwise noted, I will be reflecting non-GAAP financial measures. We have provided a reconciliation of GAAP to non-GAAP financial in our earnings release. Fourth quarter gross margin was 90%. In the medium to long term, we continue to expand gross margin to remain in the high 80% range. Research and development expense was $24.7 million in Q4 2022, or 16% of revenue, in line with the year-ago quarter, and $94.1 million in fiscal year 2022, or 18% of revenue, up from 17% in the prior year. We plan to invest significantly in R&D in fiscal year 23, as we build out our product suite and scale our work operating system platform, both horizontally and vertically. Sales and marketing expense was $80.9 million in Q4 2022, or 54% of revenue, compared to 73% in the year-ago quarter, and $358.6 million in fiscal year 22, or 69% of revenue, compared to 79% in the prior year. GNA expense was $15 million in Q4 2022, or 10% of revenue, compared to 12% in the year-ago quarter, and $57.3 million in fiscal year 2022, or 11% of revenue, in line with the prior year. Net income was $22.2 million in Q4 2022, and the loss of $33.4 million in fiscal year 22. Diluted net income per share was $0.44 cents in Q4 2022, and negative $0.73 cents in fiscal year 2022, based on $50.4 million and 45.8 million fully diluted shares outstanding respectively. Total employee headcount was 1,549, a decline of three employees since Q3 2022. Looking to next year, as we build our platform and product suite, we expect to continue hiring for our R&D and product teams. Moving on to the balance sheet and cash flow. We ended the quarter with 885.9 million in cash and cash equivalents, up from 852.6 million at the end of Q3 2022. In Q4 2022, adjusted free cash flow was 29.7 million, and adjusted free cash flow margin, as defined as adjusted free cash flow as a percentage of revenue, was 20%. In fiscal year 2022, adjusted free cash flow was 8.1 million, and adjusted free cash flow margin was 2%. Fiscal year 2022 marks our second consecutive year being adjusted free cash flow positive, and we anticipate to be adjusted free cash flow positive in fiscal year 2023. Adjusted free cash flow is defined as a net cash from operating activities, less cash used for property and equipment, and capitalized software costs, excluding non-recurring items. Now let's turn to our outlook for fiscal year 2023. For the first quarter of fiscal year 2023, we expect our revenue to be in the range of 154 million, to 156 million, representing growth of 42% to 44% year over year. We expect a non-GAAP operating loss of 19 million to 17 million and a negative operating margin of 13% to 12%. For the full year 2023, we expect revenue to be in the range of 688 million to 693 million, representing growth of 33 to 34% year over year. 
We expect a full year non-GAAP operating loss of 36 to 32 million and a negative operating margin of approximately 5%. I'll now turn it over to the operator for your questions. Thank you. As a reminder, if you'd like to ask a question today, please press star followed by one on your telephone keypad now. When preparing to ask your question, please ensure your headset is fully plugged in and unmuted locally, and all questioners are asked to limit themselves to one question and one follow-up so we can get through the queue in good time. That's star one to ask a question and star two to withdraw. Our first question today comes from Cash Rangan from Goldman Sachs. Cash, please go ahead. Your line is open. Hi, Cash. Your line is open. Please go ahead with your question. Moving on, our next question is from Pinjalan Bora from JP Morgan. Pinjalan, please go ahead. Your line is open. Okay, hey, thank you. Uh, congrats on the quarter. Seems like a, seems like a good one. Um, I want to understand the guidance a bit, um, Eliran. If you could tease out maybe the assumptions behind the guidance, do you expect expansions to kind of continue to deteriorate or, or new logo growth kind of slow? Um, are you assuming the macro kind of to stay the same or take a step down? Trying to understand if, if you're baking in a little bit of more conservatism than usual for this year. Hey, hi, uh, hi, Pinjalin, it's Elivan. Um, so thank you for the question. So what we took into account for, for guidance, so, you know, we always take into account the latest trends that we are seeing. So as we said, there is some challenging macroeconomic conditions uh, without pressure on the PR. Um, you know, but on the other side, we see a consistent top of final demand. Now, the reason why um, NDR is flowing is the fact that we see less of uh, on their budget. Um, so we took it into account as part of the guidance that we provided for the year. Um, in addition to that, uh, we're seeing improving overall efficiency and the fact that we're also generating cash also took into account as part of the guidance. Um, so, you know, we feel comfortable with what we provided, a uh, number that we can achieve. Okay, understood. Um, on uh, the CRM, um, uh, customer growth seems, seems pretty interesting, really solid. Um, I want to ask you, I mean, it seems like almost 12 to 13% of your new total new customers added in the year was CRM. I want to understand what's kind of the typical size of customers that you're landing CRM with, and if you're seeing any kind of interesting expansion characteristics with those um, as they kind of understand how to expand Monday beyond CRM. Yeah, I've been doing this is Zaran. So, um, as I mentioned previously, uh, right now the CRM product is mostly offered to new customers. We didn't uh, offer it to existing customers. And for, in terms of new customers, we get a mixture of both um, you know, SMBs, but also mid-size and larger organizations adopting the product. Uh, we're very happy and excited with the results. The momentum is great with that product and also the feedback that we get from customers. Uh, and we uh, kind of predict this momentum to continue into next year. Uh, so right now we get a healthy mixture of both uh, small and medium-sized customers into the pipeline. Got it. I'll get back in the queue. Thank you. The next question is from Brent Bracelin from Piper Sandler. Brent, please go ahead. Your line is open. Thank you. Good morning. Um, 
my question really is around Monday sales CRM, Monday marketer that showed up on uh, G2 is the two, uh, one of the, one of the fastest growing uh, new products uh, in categories. Can you just talk a little bit about uh, the momentum you're seeing in, in marketer as well as sales and, and what's really driving that? Is there a price point that seems to be resonating with customers? And then talk a little bit about um, when you plan to roll that out to existing customers. I know that was only for new customers only. When do you roll it out to existing? Thanks. Yeah, uh, thanks, Brian. This is Aran. Thanks for the question. So uh, we, we mentioned previously that about 50% of the new paying customers are uh, CRM customers, but the re remaining 50% are split between the marketer and the dev tools. So definitely we highlighted the CRM because it has the most momentum, but also the Two other products also have great momentum that uh, we're seeing. In terms of releasing uh, those those uh, products to existing customers, we plan to do it um, at eight, like at the end of H1, so uh, mid-year uh, this year. And just to your comment about the G2 rating, I think this shows exactly our strategy that because those products are built on top of the WorkOS platform, they already pretty mature. They offer a lot of advanced features, and we're able to compete in each one of those markets. Uh, and achieve high rating within customers, which is perfectly kind of what we expected and a big part of our strategy as we build those products. The next question is from Steve Enders from Citi. Steve, please go ahead. Your line is open. Okay, great. Thanks for, uh, thanks for taking the question. Um, I, I guess I'm going to ask a little bit on, on the outlook on, on the EBIT line and, and you know, the, the strong upside we, we saw there in the quarter. I guess how should we think about the kind of puts and takes of, uh, of where you're investing in uh, incremental opt-backs and maybe where there, there might have been a little bit of pullback from, from what you're expecting in 4Q? And I guess, you know, similarly for, for the outlook, is there, you know, a, a pause in maybe some investments that you're, you're making on, uh, on, on the headcount side, or, or just anything that we should be uh, we thinking about as we think about the, uh, the EBIT outlook for the year. Thanks. Uh, hey, Steve, it's Elon. So, with regards to the first quarter, um, you know, we provided operating uh, profits that are mostly driven by the fact that we beat on the revenue side. We saw a lower SMM spend, um, you know, due to the fact that it cost us less to acquire customers. It can be because some of the competitions or the competitors, as we stated, pulled back, and we believe this is an opportunity for us actually to take market share and to grab land. Um, some of the hirings that we wanted to do in Q4 were delayed to next year. Uh, we would like to focus on hiring people for uh, engineering and product. This is uh, an area that we will uh, continue to, to invest. Uh, and in addition, in Q4, as part of your year-end audit, there is always kind of reversal of some of the approvals that you are doing throughout the year. Nevertheless, I would like to emphasize that from our perspective, um, you know, we are going now into Q1. We will continue to invest uh, still in an efficient manner. Um, and, you know, with regards to overall EBIT that you were asking, we are currently consistent with our original plan to reach uh, profitability bar before 2025, sustainable. Um, and with regards to free cash flow, we said that we are going to be free cash flow for the entire year, not only in H2. Okay, perfect. That's, uh, that, that's helpful, helpful context there. Um, I, I do want to ask on the, uh, on the marketplace side and, and the new relationship with, uh, with AppFire, I guess how, 
do you kind of view the, the marketplace opportunity, uh, you know, evolving and moving forward? And, and how do you think about, you know, outside partners and, and third parties building applications and use cases versus kind of what you would uh, build in-house? Thanks. Hi, uh, thank you. Uh, it's Roy. Um, so we really care about the marketplace being a huge growth engine for us. We want to invest a lot in partners joining us. Upfire is a great partner to have. Uh, and uh, our vision here is to build a, a very large and robust ecosystem around us. And the, the way we're doing it, I think, uh, is, is unique, is that we're opening the platform up completely. Uh, just as an example, uh, application developers can uh, create now uh, first-class citizens within the platform. It's not something that is uh, second grade or like hidden. Okay, so they can really build on top of the platform uh, like we do, and we really open up uh, completely. And I think they feel that, and they feel uh, that we are a great partner to uh, build upon. Okay, great. Thanks for taking the questions. Thank you. We have a question from Cash Rangan from Goldman Sachs. Cash, please go ahead. Your line is open. Hi, good morning. Thank you very much. Congratulations on the quarter. Uh, terrific work, team. I'm uh, curious to get your perspective on Monday DB. I know that it's going to be rolled out in 2024. Uh, what, the, the, was the initiative based on any specific customer feedback, or is it something that you're doing more proactively? Uh, what are the kinds of customers that you hope to land with MondayDB, uh, the enhancements you're putting in through that you could not otherwise previously get? And also with this, uh, with this, this partnership initiative where you're opening up the platform for partners to develop uh, uh, kinds of applications, new kinds of applications, what is your goal uh, here? Uh, is it the long tail of apps that you don't have the resources development that you hope the partners can get you into new markets? Or is it new geographies, or is it uh, just to open up the platform even more to existing customers so they can exploit the new capabilities more? Um, curious to get uh, your take on what you want to accomplish with the, with the opening up of the platform initiative. Thank you so much. Very cool. Hey, Cash, it's uh, Roy. Uh, thank you for the question. So uh, MondayDB is something that is in the core of our infrastructure. Like we are, uh, we've always, uh, highlighted how being schemaless and how we build the platform on top of a, a, a solid backbone that enable our customers to build whatever they want. MondayDB is the next phase of that. We want to make it uh, more scalable. And like a lot of customers tell us we're doing like a, they can do flip-flops with Monday. They can do whatever they want. It's magic. And I think where MondayDB comes in, it takes that magic in a scalable way and allows to build like way bigger applications on top of us. And that opens up the door for larger uh, installment, like uh, different use cases that requires like millions of rows. It, it opens the door for larger customers in, in many ways. Uh, but again, it's like an infrastructure move to move us to the next level. Uh, regarding the marketplace, uh, what, what we think is that, um, first of all, when we started it, we just wanted to open it up to everyone and see what they do. And they surprise us all the time with what they do. And, and I think you made two of the great points. Like one is obviously uh, the long tail 
solving a lot of problems we would not get to uh, for our customers. And, uh, and another thing is uh, go to market, like they market uh, those solutions and bring us uh, a more audience. And I think a third thing, uh, which is very important, is the fact that our customers choose us uh, um, when we win uh, uh, the deals uh, because they see that they can build the future on Monday. Even if they don't know exactly what they need to build now, they know they whatever uh, they want to, they'll never hit a wall because the platform is open and they can always uh, take a partner to build whatever they want. They can connect bespoke software and a lot of those stuff. So in that respect, it's also super important for us. Those are great moves. Thank you so much and congratulations again. Very happy to see this. Thank, Thank you. you. The next question is from Jackson Ada from SVB Moffat Nathanson. Jackson, please go ahead. Your line is open. Great. Uh, thanks for taking my questions, guys. The first one is on the um, the com carry on net dollar retention rate, and, and specifically in the high end, that kind of fifty thousand and above. Um, what is kind of driving the weakness there? Is it just people not expanding upon their annual renewals as much as you thought? Is there any downshift in terms of the number of seats at some of your customers? Just interested in those dynamics. Uh, hey, Jackson, it's Elirane. So, um, you know, as a reminder, with the, with the enterprise accounts, we're coming off historical highs. Uh, what we see is basically, I think this is something that we started seeing also last year. Larger customers become more cautious uh, with their budgets. Uh, it's mostly seeing a slowdown in expansions of seats. So on one hand, we see a very healthy traffic of new customers, new logos that's actually buying uh, Monday uh, software. But on the other hand, you see the amount of expansion within existing customer base, mainly the big ones, is uh, less than what we used to see in the past. We believe it's current macro uncertainty that has been driving most of this behavior. Um, but on the other hand, you know, the positive is that overall NDR remains steady at 120%. The growth churn has held up well. Uh, and we're still seeing, as I said, solid new customers demand. Uh, we, we would say that by the end of this year, we expect additional probably uh, decline, uh, um, you know, due to mostly to the macroeconomy headwinds. Okay. Um, and actually, if we just stick a little bit on that theme, but maybe geographically speaking, um, Europe has held up maybe better than what we expected, you know, just, just dropping in the revenue mix by only a percent year over year. Um, I'm just curious in that geography, what you guys are seeing and maybe, you know, whether it's kind of out or underperformed your expectations in 22 and what we should be thinking about for 23. So maybe just to take a step back as a reminder, you know, 70% of our customers are non-tech and 30% is tech. So when you think about the softness in demand that we saw last year, it mostly was around uh, tech. So if you, when you think about Europe, uh, we said that we see a more of a, a less of an impact uh, of what potentially others are seeing because of the level of exposures that we have. So I think that we don't see significant changes uh, to what we saw in the past. It's relatively stable. Um, and actually getting into the new year, uh, we see even some positive signs uh, yet to be seen for the remainder of the year. Okay. All right. Great. Thank you. The next question is from George Oramek from Oppenheimer. George, please go ahead. Your line is open. 
thank you for taking my question and congratulations on the results. Uh, Roy or Ron, uh, maybe if you can give us some more color on the competitive space, you, know, you continue to add uh, a solid number of new customers. Are these lands mostly new and you know, are you seeing displacement from other work management solutions or mostly from productivity tools? We have lost connection with the speaker team. Please stand by while we reconnect them. Patients, we are now reconnected with the speaker team. George, your line is so I don't. All right, thank you, um, Roy or Ron. I basically was asking about the competitive environment. Uh, the you know the pipeline generation you see is that uh, mostly still greenfield, or are you displacing other productivity tools or work management tools at this point? Yeah. Hi, it's uh, Roy. Uh, sorry for the disconnect. Um, so, in, when, when we're looking into new customers that join the platform, we still see it as greenfield. Uh, also, the majority of the deals we do are not against any other competitor. Uh, and within the ones that we do compete with the, someone, uh, we win mostly because of our uh, work OS, because they want the platform, they want the fact that they can do any, uh, a lot of things with it towards the future. Okay, and Alaron, uh, maybe digging into the hiring that you expect to do this year, you know, how uh, front-loaded is that and what things will you be monitoring to kind of judge the pace of future hiring in upcoming quarters? Um, so, uh, you know, um, George, just to relate to that, we are fo mostly focused on building out the platform and product offering. Uh, so the focus will be mostly on R&D and product. Uh, you know, different to prior year, we are going to hire probably around 10%, give or take, uh, based on our needs. It's not going to be necessarily front-loaded. Maybe there is going to be uh, slightly skewed towards H1, but overall, we are expecting a more of a balanced hiring process throughout the year. And obviously, if we need to hire more, uh, then we make decisions as we progress. Thank you. The next question comes from DJ Hines from Canicles. DJ, please go ahead. Your line is open. Hey, morning, guys. Um, so maybe just building off that last line of thinking there, Elrond. I mean, in the, in the shareholder letter and your prepared remarks, it says, you know, one of the focus areas this year was to expand the upmarket growth engine. 
uh, you know, you have the great slide in the deck that shows your efficiency metrics are hanging in there really well. Clearly, there's uncertainty out there. So just help us understand kind of how you're thinking about executing on the go-to-market side of things, hiring there, kind of what are the key initiatives we should be watching for this year? Yeah, so in terms, hi, this is Iran. Uh, thank you, DJ. So in terms of our go-to-market, um, we, we have a, a bunch of plans. So definitely the new products are a great way to expand our go-to-market. The fact that we can now market uh, specifically the CRM product, that product, the marketing product, just opens up Monday to new audiences, a new type of buyer. And just as a reminder, you know, once a customer starts using one of those products, they can expand to additional products and eventually get the whole company into the Monday WorkOS platform. So definitely this is a big game changer for us in terms of our ability uh, to go to market different kind of buyers, uh, different personas within the organizations. Also, uh, this year we're going to double down on our outbound uh, motion, so expand our channels, marketing channels, uh, do some more B2B, uh, enterprise-focused marketing. So all those efforts together um, will allow us to continue and execute. In addition to the um, great momentum we've already seen with performance marketing that we mentioned, given uh, that most of the other players in the market have pulled back, we're able to achieve uh, now a greater market share and greater efficiency. So combine all those things together, we see great momentum in terms of acquiring new customers. Maybe DJ, this is Elian, just yeah. to add. Sorry, this is just to add to what Elan said. Last year we hired, uh, you know, we increased the headcount uh, in more than 50%, and we believe we are now uh, well positioned to go to 2023 and beyond in terms of sales and marketing headcount, uh, you know, with regards to going up market as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, great caller. Thank you, guys. The next question is from Derek Wood from Cohen & Company. Derek, please go ahead. Your line is open. Great. Uh, thanks, and congratulations as well. I guess just a follow-up to that, um, you did hire your first-ever CRO in November. Just uh, wanted to hear what the what the kind of impetus was to, to bring on a CRO and what changes uh, he may be uh, making on the go-to-market side. Yeah, uh, thanks, Derek. This is Aran. So, actually, um, Yoni, our CRO, was actually promoted uh, from within the company. Uh, he was managing both the sales team and the marketing team. And we promoted him uh, to be the CEO of the company, basically adding uh, also the management of the customer success group and the customer support, in addition to our partners group. Uh, so first of all, you know, we, we're really proud of Yoni. He's, he's, he's been doing a phenomenal job. He basically himself created a whole sales team from scratch uh, and done a great job. Um, and with this uh, change within the company, we believe this will allow for better cooperation between the different teams, will drive greater efficiency, um, you know, the teams working together and more optimized go-to-market. The fact that you have a, such a wide look, uh, any starting from the marketing team all the way to the sales and partners just uh, gives so much energy to all the teams and much better collaboration. So we're already seeing the fruits of that, and I feel that going into 2023, this will even create greater, greater efficiency within those teams. Got it. That, that's helpful. And just maybe a follow-up. So, I mean, it, it, it sounds like, from a macro standpoint, you're not seeing a whole lot of headwind on the SMB side. It's mainly just from slower expansion activity uh, in the upmarket customers. Why? I guess why, why is it that you, you know, we've heard you know more pressure from SMB from other companies. Why is it that it sounds like you're seeing more stability on the SMB side? 
Um, hi, that's uh, it's Roy. Um, um, it's really hard to say, but I feel that like SMBs want to consolidate on, on uh, and, and you know have uh, a product that solves more problems uh, for them. That's typically the case, and Monday is obviously the tool of tools, and they can do so much uh, with us. Uh, having said that, the situation there is very stable, like you said, uh, and we do see a very healthy top-line demand, uh, as Iran mentioned, with our performance marketing and, and getting new uh, customers uh, to join Monday. Well done. Thanks. Thank you. As a reminder, star one to ask a question today and participants to ask to limit themselves to one question per person. The next question is from Fred Lee from Credit Suisse. Fred, please go ahead. Your line is open. Very nice quarter and thank you for taking my question. I noticed R&D in dollar terms declined sequentially for the very first time. I was wondering if you could talk about how we should think about leverage going forward, especially as you add new features and roll out CRM to existing customers and investing new products like Monday DB. And then if you could also share uh, year-end headcount R&D. Thank you. Yeah, so with regards to uh, R&D, Fred, it's a little run. Uh, so the fourth quarter is 18% for the year, is 16% for the fourth quarter. reason why it's mainly due to the fact that we did some cost adjustments uh, at the end of the year. There is the impact of the Israeli, uh, you know, dollar shaker uh, exchange rate because the dollar was strong. And on this front in Israel, with uh, all the R&D based in Israel, you get benefits on the payroll, which is most of the cost for R&D. Um, and when you think about going into 2023 and 2024, uh, we, are, uh, we, we are in accordance with our uh, uh, long-term operating plan, which was around 22 to 24%. And we believe it's going to be on the lower side of it, uh, around roughly 20%. We're never very significant in terms of R&D as percentage of revenue, and this is pretty much the kind of the ballpark I would assume uh, that we need to, uh, to maintain. Obviously, if we will need to invest further on the platform, uh, and on Monday DP, as we said, already took it into account, but if we feel or we see that we need more resources and more headcount, then there is no, um, you know, we will obviously hire them. Thank you. And then also the year-end headcount, if you don't mind, in R&D. The year-end headcount, uh, yeah, the problem is uh, north of 300. I don't remember the exact number. Yeah, but, but maybe just to add uh, to everyone, uh, to give you a perspective, most of the, both majority of the hiring for 2023 is going to be focused on R&D resources. Uh, for us, this is the main part of the business we're planning to expand next year and put most of the efforts and the budget into. So we're continuing, and, and like always, we're going to deliver uh, with very high execution also in 2023. We have that very big plans. Okay, that's very helpful. Thank you. Thank you very much. Great quarter. The next question comes from Brent Thill from Jefferies. Brent, please go ahead. Your line is open. Thanks. Just back on the guidance, I just wanted to better understand what you're embedding for the year in terms of macro or S&B churn. It's pretty drastic slowdown in growth. Is this just good old-fashioned conservatism, or are you baking in anything else to give yourself a little wiggle room? 
Abrant, it's El Iran. So we believe this is going to be pretty much the same macroeconomy uh, conditions that uh, we see now. They will persist by the end of the year. And we took it into account. We did also take into account uh, the some slowdown we see on NDR from enterprise accounts. It's also uh, baked into the numbers. Uh, other than that, we believe that the guidance, you know, is uh, consistent with what we see as of now. And, uh, you know, also with the improving overall efficiency on one hand, but uh, uh, the challenging macroeconomy. So we feel this is a number that we can achieve. And, and that enterprise slowdown, is that just as it relates to the macro having a hold on those customers slowing, or is there something from a internal execution that you'd like to do better there? Yeah, uh, this is the run. Uh, thanks, Brian. So uh, I feel it's more about the macro environment and the fact that those enterprises are a bit more cautious uh, going to 2023, maybe slowing down hiring. Just as a reminder, uh, the way we charge customers is per user, so the fact that they might be slowing down hiring might have an effect here. Uh, but definitely we're, we're also seeing some optimism and, and some you know, good momentum as we start the year, so I think there's some optimism make into that uh, going forward. Thank you. The next question is from Arjun Bhatia from William Blair. Arjun, please go ahead. Your line is open. Hi, Arjun. Your line is open. Please make sure you're not muted locally. Hello. Can you hear me? All right. Perfect. Hey, Arjun. Yes. Yeah. I think you got. All right. Um, thanks, guys. Uh, my congrats on a. Uh, on a good quarter. Um, I wanted to touch on the product verticalization efforts. I, I think you mentioned that a little bit in the shareholder letter, but I'm curious what your roadmap is on, uh, on verticalization and maybe what role the partners can play there, uh, if any, in helping uh, to reach verticals where you may not have uh, a presence right now. Uh, hi, thank you. It's Rui. Um, so we are um, relying a lot on the partners to both uh, expand our uh, marketplace uh, offerings and also to provide uh, a lot of services and help us with customers in territories uh, we are not present in. Uh, and I think it's a great uh, power that we have, that we have so many engaged partners. Just recently, a lot of them, like 170 of them flew in uh, to Israel. We had a large uh, uh, event here, and it was very exciting to see uh, how they're going to uh, build on us. And, and, you know, really we shared with them the roadmap of the marketplace and how much uh, they can do there. So it's really exciting. And um, maybe one follow-up uh, uh, for Eleron. For the as you think about just the sales and marketing spend going into next year, obviously you're seeing uh, efficiency there on customer acquisition, but how do you think about the trade-off uh, between performance marketing and uh, sales-led spend on the go-to-market side in 2023? Hey, Arjun. Uh, so the short answer is that uh, it will be pretty much in the same uh, ratio that we saw in the past. I would say around 30% is going to be uh, performance marketing based on efficiency, and around 70% is uh, sales and partners. So this is kind of, kind of the, the ratio that we, we believe is going to continue also this year. Okay, perfect. Thank you, guys. 
The next question is from Robert Simmons from DA Davidson. Robert, please go ahead. Your line is open. Hey, next quarter, and thanks for taking my questions. I was looking at your uh, retention number, specifically in the large enterprises, and what you disclosed is a four-quarter number. Can you talk about what you actually saw in the quarter itself in terms of how that trended um, in the December quarter, and then also the kind of gross retention, what you saw there? Uh, hey, Robert, it's Elivan. So uh, from an overall, uh, you know, uh, the NDR remains steady with uh, for the entire population with 120%, and uh, gross churn, it held up well. Uh, we're still seeing solid new customer demand, and overall it keeps growing. On the larger account, uh, we saw a decline. As I said at the beginning of the call, uh, the reminder is that we're coming off historical highs. Uh, we see larger customers that become more cautious with their budgets. They are uh, more conscious with the level of spend, and we do see a slowdown in expansion of seat, uh, mostly driven, we believe, by current macro uncertainty uh, that is driving this behavior. Would it be possible to get any quantification on, on any of those factors, or uh, is that not? Thanks. Can you repeat the question, please? Uh, would it be possible to get a quantification on any of those factors in the quarter? Uh, don't have it right now with me, um, you know, the, the quantities of each contribution. But the, to the NDR? Yeah. Uh, so the, the larger one would be the uh, slowdown in expansions. Uh, so th this is the main factor that drove the NDR. Uh, you can see that, that the NDR of, of larger customers slowed down uh, more uh, sharply than the other ones. Great, thanks. The next question is from Jason Salino from KeyBank. Jason, please go ahead. Your line is open. Hey, thanks for putting me in. Uh, you know, very nice to see and you know, the customer win at the major financial institution that prepared remarks. Uh, when we think about the slowdown in the seed expansions at the enterprise, has it been mainly limited to your tech exposure? Um, curious there, thanks. Yeah, uh, thanks, Jason. This is Iran. Um, yeah, I would say the tech uh, sector, uh, again, like the thing that drives uh, NDR hot is mostly uh, company expanding, meaning hiring more people, getting more people on board and into the product. Definitely the tech sector has suffered more, but just as a reminder, it's only 30% of our customers. Uh, the other 70% were less impacted, but it's something we are seeing across the board uh, within companies. And, and again, it's hard to tell how much is that a larger organization being more cautious and how much is that uh, will stay with us going into 2023. Uh, but this is the current trend we're seeing. Okay, great. And if I were to kind of summarize, um, you know, the top of funnel trends, it, it sounds like things are still, you know, very strong. You know, I'm curious on like the linearity that you saw in Q4. I guess how did you know, that top of funnel look in December versus maybe early in the quarter? Thank you. Yeah. Hi, it's Roy. So uh, historically, we've seen that the first quarter is much stronger, people coming back from vacation and in uh, New Year's. And so uh, this, this uh, first quarter, we actually uh, anticipated it would be uh, less uh, in, uh, strong than it, is, than it is. So we do see it as a very positive sign. We see a, a very strong demand. 
and and you know uh, so so that's like uh, super positive for us. Great, thank you. The next question is from Andrew de Gasperi from Berenberg. Andrew, please go ahead. Your line is open. Um, thanks for taking my questions. Uh, I guess um, I know you met you. You talked a lot about uh, that retention rate, and I know this being a 12-month trailing metric. I guess what I'm trying to get at is: is this metric uh, going to step down sequentially for the the larger cohorts? You know, the over 10 users. Yeah, we anticipate that it might go down in the larger accounts between 5 to 10 percent more this year. There is a lagging effect, having in mind you do the trailing 12 months and we are counting at weighted average. Um, so obviously the impact is going to be uh, throughout the year. Um, so I believe this, uh, this is probably the trend that we are seeing. Thanks for that. And then um, secondly, on the um, sales and marketing savings, I know you mentioned performance marketing, competitors pulling back. Um, I just wanted to dig a little deeper in terms of who those competitors are. Are, you, are we talking about other collaboration work management platforms? Is it a bigger cohort of that? Um, hi, it's Roy. So generally w when we say that, we mean the overall uh, competition on the keywords and on those ads. So we don't necessarily know who they are. We just see that we are uh, getting uh, more customers for uh, less uh, money. The next question comes from Shelby Sayrafi from FBN Securities. Shelby, please go ahead. Your line is open. Yeah, so thank you very much. So um, it looks like you're going to be hiring in product and R&D uh, in 23. Does that mean you're going to uh, have lower sales and marketing headcount um, at the end of 23. Just talk about how you intend to invest in sales and marketing this year. Uh, hey, Shebli, it's Aliran. Uh, so, yeah, we, we said that we are going to focus on uh, product and R&D. It's not necessarily mean that we are going to have lower uh, headcount with uh, sales and marketing. If we need to hire, uh, there is going to be hiring there as well. Uh, currently, we are, you know, continuing with the number that we have, but we see the, the, the bulk of the investment in R&D. Okay. All right. And I just want to uh, elaborate on the competitor uh, pullbacks. Uh, you just answered it, a prior question, but um, just if you can elaborate on that. Um, for example, uh, do you have a number of competitors that you saw pullback? Uh, when did you see it if, if there was a time that was more noticeable? And what is your response? Are you going to be more aggressive now against your competition? And just describe how you might become more so. Thank you. Hey, Sebli. It's uh, Roy. So, yeah, I'll elaborate more on that. So, uh, essentially, uh, we bid on, on ads in, uh, uh, in Google, in Facebook, in YouTube, in all those areas of performance marketing, and we see that we can get the same ad placements for a lower uh, cost. Uh, so that's essentially what we say when, when we say less competition. So like to be in first place, uh, uh, we, we need to pay way less. And then we get a lot more uh, customers uh, in uh, because of that. And our approach is that um, we have a big brain, we have our own measurement, uh, internal measurement tools that we've built that show us exactly the ROI on every dollar we spend on marketing. So we know what's working. 
So if there is a campaign that is top, uh, that is working less good, we will lower the bid uh, automatically almost. And and so I think this is a competitive advantage we have over others where they needed to cut back so they just did, and we know what's working. And so what happened is that we've even increased the uh, budget we have for performance marketing uh, in January and February because we know and we see what's working and we have internal predictions to what we'll get out of it. So I think we're doing it super responsibly. We know exactly what the ROI is, and, and you know, that's the strategy and what it's been up until now. The next question comes from Scott Burke from Needham. Scott, please go ahead. Your line is open. Hi, everyone. Congrats on the strong quarter, and thanks for taking my questions. Um, I guess I'll leave you with one in essence of time here. Uh, given the success that you've had on the on the marketing side, and those numbers have actually trended down all year, I know after the large Super Bowl I had last year, um, and it sounds like FX was a benefit in the quarter. I guess why not step on marketing a little bit more if the cost of customer acquisition is actually coming down, you continue to have success there, and the competitors are pulling away. Why not take this opportunity to even capture more market? Hi, uh, Scott, it's Roy. So, uh, yeah, we, we have been doing that up to the point that we are comfortable with the results. That's what Big Brain does. Like, it shows us exactly how further we can step on the gas, and we have. Uh, so, uh, there isn't any point in extending it more. Either there is no... <laughs> because we won't see the results that we want if we push it further. But we have, and we have extended the marketing. Uh, Scott, just to add to what Roy said, from our perspective, uh, you know, this is what we're also going to look at this year. If we see opportunities, continue to see the opportunities uh, with efficiency, then we are not going to pull back. We're actually going to, uh, you know, push on the, on the gas in order to generate more leads and, and more growth for the business. Great, Natalia. Thanks for taking my questions. The final question today comes from Ivan Feinset from Tigris Financial Partners. Ivan, please go ahead. Your line is open. All right. Thank you for taking my question, and also congratulations on the great quarter and great year. Can you give us some you know, insight or discussion on some of your AI initiatives and potential AI integration capabilities onto your platform? Uh, hey, Ivan, it's Roy. So um, it's obviously been amazing, right? Like a, <laughs> such a huge change in such a short time in AI. And now that uh, we see that like uh, the barrier was lowered so much to create such powerful AI tools, uh, what we naturally do at Monday, we open up the platform and allow anyone to, to build on top of that. So we have already uh, added many layers that enable uh, anyone, including us, to build uh, AI tools on top of Monday. Uh, we'll soon have an AI hackathon where we'll invite uh, anyone to build on top of the platform and essentially uh, have a, a dedicated section within the marketplace for any AI tool that can benefit anyone. And I think that's like super exciting uh, and we'll, we'll see like long-tail solutions for specific industries, and then, you know, it's, like, uh, exciting. Yeah, and maybe just, uh, this is around, just to add uh, more color. So 
one of the main building blocks that we have in the platform is our Monday docs. And there we already saw a lot of potential use cases for using AI to generate automatic content and summarize content within the board. So uh, definitely uh, we saw some exciting POCs and we're planning to expand, like we said, the platform and start with some off-the-shelf uh, solutions to start with. All right, thank you, and wishing you a big 2023. Thank you. Thank you. This concludes today's Q&A session, and thus concludes today's call. We thank you very much for your attendance. You may now disconnect your lines.